0: Welcome to another special edition of the Kings of Anglia Ipswich Town podcast. My name is Andy Warren and I'm here to bring you a chat that Stuart Watson and I have just had with one of Ipswich Town's new co-owners, Burke Bikai, who you are absolutely going to love. Uh, he's infectious, passionate and speaks with so much heart about the football club that he's just bought. Also talks about Didier Drogba's journey with Phoenix Rising and what his plans are for the Blues now the American takeover has been complete. You're going to love it. I'm going to chuck over to it straight away. Well, here we are then with, with Burke Bakai, the new co-owner of Ipswich Town, one of the three Lions and one of the men who've brought some fresh hope to Ipswich Town fans everywhere over the last few weeks. You've got your Ipswich Town scarf on there. Thank you so much for joining us. How, uh,
1: how are you doing? Thank you, Andy. I'm doing great. <clears throat> great to finally meet you and Stuart in person, at least uh, over, the, uh, over the Internet, let's say. And can't, can't wait to meet you guys in person as well.
0: Yeah, this this will have to do for now. Um, a little bit of admin first. Can we just ask you to pronounce your name uh, for us? Because I've heard I've heard all different kinds. I've heard Berke, Burka Berkey. So per- uh,
1: if it makes you feel better, the way you said it first is the is the perfect way. You'll say my name. So Ber- Berke Bakai.
0: Great, good start. We're doing we're doing all right. So how, how have you found uh How have you found your first few weeks at Ipswich Town? I think you've uh, you. You know, you will know pretty well that the fans seem quite excited to have you here. You must have got got some great messages over the last few weeks.
1: Yes. So I uh, I had to learn how to um, turn off my Twitter notification every time somebody follows me or sends me a message. Because uh, when the news broke, it was, I think, 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. in the U.S. And my wife woke me up. I'm a pretty deep sleep and uh, she's like, you need to turn this thing off. <laughs> That's amazing. So it's, uh, look, when you embark on a journey like this, you know that um, you have an international fan base and it's a massive club with 142 years of history and it accomplished um, many things that most EPL clubs have not accomplished, including, you know, European championships and, you know, FA Cup, etc. So, and, you know, it's been tough a um, couple of decades, at least last, you know, 14, 15 years. So anytime, and I'm a fan of the sport itself growing up in Turkey and just being a, you know, fan, going to, to games, et cetera. So I know how fans feel. And anytime there's a change, that means hope. That means, you know, things could be different. So I feel humbled. I feel honored uh, of, of the reaction I'm not surprised so that, you know, I always knew I, I saw, you know, Portman road and 30,000 fans in there. And I saw the videos of, you know, at Wembley and going to EPL. I, I saw all of that. So I, I I know what, you know, fan base is, and it's just been incredible Incre- very welcoming, by the way, that was amazing. I think 99.9% of the feedback that I got was positive. There was, you know, one or two folks like, what makes you think you're going to do a good, deal you know, with a little bit of a negative approach? But that's understandable. Every, you know, I'll take ninety-nine point nine percent.
0: What have you made of the football so far? Since you, since you guys took control of the club, the team haven't scored a goal. So, yeah. uh, when's that going to change?
1: You know, it, it's listen. So, from my perspective, we need to uh, give an opportunity to our manager to 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 be able to start and put assemble his own team. This is not, you know. This is not his team, and you know he he kind of got got in there. I think it was late February, right? It's uh, and and you know it's, he's trying a lot of different systems, etc. Look for me, it's been disappointing. I I have I am a you know if you're a football fan, you have a very little patience, if you will, and I'm a football fan, so it, it's uh, and I'm a little bit surprised on that one. I I I expected that anytime there's a change, there's usually a spark. There's you know. There's a little bit of a pace, et cetera. But it's been surprising, uh, a bit disappointing. But th- that's, I think, precisely why we're here, right? It's, uh, we, th- we, we kind of knew very much what we walked into. And, and, you know, when you talk about, you know, we looked at, we looked at different opportunities in, in the world of football. But when you look at where Ipswich is today, a, a mid-table League One club versus what its history suggests, I don't think there is uh, other clubs out there that there's this kind of disparity. And if, if there are, I'm not, you know, really aware of them right now. So what that really means is an incredible pressure. Some of it coming from the fans, some of it, my own making with, with my partners. I mean, I I feel the weight of it on my shoulder the, the responsibility of, you know, ha- having this football club and, Trying to bring it to a better place than you know where we found it. That that's very very important. History will will judge us on that, you know, um, and, and and I'm I'm very well aware of what that is and you know what 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 it means. But it's an incredible responsibility. It's a very humbling experience.
2: What was the whole takeover process like, Burke? It seemed to uh, take a while, or we've certainly heard since it's happened that it rumbled on for fourteen months and. Were there yeah. times where you thought it it might not happen? What,
1: what was the feeling when it did finally get over the line? It it was incredible, uh, you know, it, incredibly satisfying. So let me answer the last part of the question. It was incredible. Uh, to to that, that's the word that I can think of. Or finally get. I mean, think about working on something, including the weekends, day and night. You know, strategizing, um, formulating, and I mean, COVID. If it wasn't for COVID, it would have happened. You know. Much sooner, I would I would imagine. Um, it, it it was very difficult. Uh, difficult. Uh, I mean, Michael Leary deserves a lot of credit uh, to be you know on the ground and getting this done. I never thought it will I will live a day in my life that I'll buy a football club without actually get, being on the ground. It's inc- I mean, that's a very disturbing uh, feeling in a way. Uh, but you know that's why when you know the history of the club and you know what you're walking into you have some of those visuals uh, helping and assisting you. But COVID put a massive challenge uh, to be able to move this process as fast as it, 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 it should have been. And, and to you know Marcus Evans' credit, he, um, when he says that he really did his work to give this club to somebody that he believes that he could move it forward, I mean, I think he's done his due diligence making sure that we were that group. Um, so I, I'm, I'm very pleased that it it, it it finalized and where we are today. But it has taken an incredible amount of time. But I have never lost hope that it wouldn't happen. I just, you know, with my partners, stayed with the process and be patient and understand that we live in a different world where there are quarantines and there are travel restrictions, et cetera, that things may move slower than what they should on normal times and stayed with the process. But it took every day of those 14 months. They're, they're, yeah. Whoever told you that, they're correct. Yes. Yeah. I
2: think we'll get onto sort of your vision for, for Ipswich Town in a little bit. But before we do that, can we just talk about your upbringing? You're born and raised in, in Turkey, big Galatasaray fan, massive football fan. Yes. I can see your Drogba shirt in the background. Tell, tell us a bit about your background in, in yeah. football. Was it...
1: Yeah, Didier signed that one for me. With has it. It a very nice note in there. You can't really see it right now, but uh, so I was born and raised in Istanbul, and uh, only child, massive uh, a football fan, and uh, my dad was a fan of Besiktas. I was, you know, born as a Galatasaray fan, and uh, and you know, it was a good time to be a a, a Galatasaray fan. I mean, it's even all the way up to when I got to 22 years old, and I, you know, left Turkey a few years before then to study in the United States. That's kind of my journey from Turkey to, to U.S., to initially to Boston. But, you know, I, I was lucky, lucky enough to, you know, meet uh, George Haji and, you know, Popescu, if you, if you know those, if you remember uh, those names. And my uncle was actually the president of the club for a while. And, you know, I had a uh, and that, that was a DDA connection. You know, that's where uh, when we um, started Phoenix Rising and it was a third division U.S. club then without a, even a stadium and it was playing to like 100 people. And when we, you know, took that one over, it was in Arizona United where we changed the name. I mean, that's how I found the, kind of the courage to, you know, reach out to him and say, hey, let me send you a ticket, come to Phoenix, let me show you the project and what we're doing. Oh, well, there you go. That's me uh, and Didier in World Cup uh, in, in Moscow a couple of years ago. Um, but uh, yeah, so it, it's, um, it's been... Uh, to... I'm sorry?
2: Sorry, Burke. Uh, when, when we spoke to Brett, he said that you bringing Didier over to Phoenix Rising was one of the biggest coups in world football. He described it at the time. How, how on earth do you get Didier Drogba over to, to Phoenix Rising, where you guys were at at that, that juncture?
1: You know, Brett is very generous with his uh, you know, compliments. Um, I'm not sure if it qualifies for that. I will tell you for my, I have done, you know, good things in life uh, on, you know, sport, business, etc. good successes. If you ask me the lowest odds of anything that I have done from start to finish from the given circumstances, that was it. Um, you know, because, you know, I mean, he... At that point, it, 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 I'm just trying to, you know, just you 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 put a few years back, the guy won Champions League, you know, like it's 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 uh um it, it so how it happened was um like as I said, massive football fan, big Galatasaray fan. I had a common friend, um, his name is Omer. he's a good friend of mine in Turkey that Uh, developed a friendship with Didier when he was playing at Galatasaray. So I was living in the U.S. at that point. But one day before even uh, we purchased back then Arizona United, I had this vision in my head. I said, how do you take a club that only plays to 100 people, that has been incredible disappointment so far, it plays in a baseball field? What, What is it? What do you need to do? that people start taking you seriously, right? That And, and and you know, you kind of go on to your next journey. So, and my answer to that was you need to bring somebody that is so well-respected, that has such a history with the sport and such, such a success with the sport and can still perform on the field that anybody that knows anything about the sport can immediately make the connection and say, well, if it's good enough for Didier, it's probably good enough for me to – Watch the match and give these guys another chance, etc. So that was the vision, and I just couldn't get out of my head. And 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 I think that you can put the tie to the Ipswich uh, transaction and the takeover process as well. In the most humbling way, I can say this. I my my friends say you don't go away on, unless somebody kills you. I I just won't go away. So I would I started that you know, vision, it wouldn't get out of my head. And I finally called him I said, okay, give me Didier's number. Um, you know, I sent him a, a text, a WhatsApp message with the USL Championship Cup. Okay. Which I can send you that photo if you guys want to use it. And I said, could you help me get this? <laughs> And he immediately <laughs> started laughing. And it's like, how can I, he, I think he said, how can I do that? And I said, well, you know, I like to show you what we're doing in Phoenix. You don't have to make any problem, nothing. Like I, he will tell you, if you call them, he'll tell you that it was a very soft sale on my end. So I, I kind of approached with the big vision with the cup. And then I said, why don't you come to Phoenix? It's beautiful. And let me show you around and etc." So then what i proposed to him was something that wasn't done before <clears throat> this is even before david beckham's whole miami <clears throat> experience if you will and i said <clears throat> excuse me i said why don't you become a part owner of this club and you know help us get to where we like to be and what that is is initially be the best club on the division that we're in on and off the field and um, Didier was at a stage in his life that having accomplished everything, having won Champions League, et cetera, I think he liked that challenge of literally going into a team that played to 100 people before and, you know, put his mark on something uh, that, you know, he can remember and, you know, talk, think about for many years to come. And we built a stadium. I remember showing him. The, the, the tumble, I mean, I just, there was nothing in there. And the season was starting in, you know, I don't know, some few months. And I said, we're going to build a stadium here. And it was a temporary stadium, but still had 6,200 people, which we ended up selling and which we ended up breaking the North American record of 20 consecutive wins. We got 60 points out of 20 games, all sellouts. Um, you know, it that's where we started the, you know, the dollar beer nights. And it became like an international sensation. And Didier would score these crazy goals, like from 40 yards, you know, he'll take this free kick. There wouldn't be like the goalkeeper wouldn't even pay attention. Like, he's like, what is this guy doing from 40 yards? And it will just, you know, fly through and 433 will pick up, like all of a sudden, like millions of people around the world. Who are these guys? I mean, ESPN called us the most interesting um, you know, sports team in the United States, and somebody else called us the one of the most interesting you know football teams in the world i mean we got all these you know nominations because uh, by the way at that point we brought in Sean Wright Phillips Omar Bravo from uh, you know uh, Mexico Peter Ramage was there Jordan Stewart so we kind of put these uh, put this team together and at, afterwards we won the you know western championship twice we won the supporter shield so we started and we established our selling out every match and i don't know if you guys know this but um we're on April 30th, we're moving out into our new home, which is 60% bigger, like 10,500, et cetera, which will grow from there. But now we're looking to sell that one out and just grow our fan base to the mid teens and ultimately to the mid twenties, if you will. But um, so that's the story. It was an incredible, um, incredible journey. When I told my partners, that's what I was doing. They laughed at me. I mean, they literally, they told all, all, all could be possible was maybe a dinner with him in Phoenix and you know that would be the extent of it. but it was it was long. Uh, that took like six months, I think you know from start to finish of talking to him every day and um, but I think if you asked him he believed in, in the project and the vision and he wanted to have a new experience and he just he's not scared of taking on things like that and that's what he did.
0: Could he still do a job, okay? Ipswich need a Ipswich need a striker. Does he fancy it?
1: <laughs> well, we need to ask our manager and um, our our CEO, incoming CEO. But can he do the job? Yes, he can do the job. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's, he's he's incredible. It keeps up. Uh, I don't know if he like to do the job. I haven't talked to him about that. But can he do the job? I think he'll he'll destroy the league one if you ask my opinion. <laughs> Sounds good to Probably me. I'm not scoring 25 goals. I'll take the <laughs> over on that.
0: Absolutely. Um you've obviously talked about Phoenix there. You've done that alongside Brett and Mark who you're now yes. taking on the taking on the Ipswich job with. How did you three come together and why are you why are you called the three lions? Obviously there's three of you but there there must be a story behind that name.
1: Yeah, so first of all this is an this is an absolutely appropriate question for Brett. Anything relates to names, it's Brett Johnson. Phoenix Rise. Right? I mean, he's the brainchild of names. Everything it's Brett Johnson. He's just good. Like if you guys starting a new company, anything, just call Brett. He'll come up with an incredible name in five seconds. So, all one hundred percent of the credit goes to Brett. as As it relates to how we met, uh, Mark Deppmer uh, and myself, uh, uh, both of our uh, sons and daughters went to the same school in Phoenix. So we became quickly friends. Um, and and the, the story is, there you go. Oh, look at me with my little, I think I put on some weight. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> so um, we went to school. Uh, our kids went to school together. We became very close friends. And just a story that hasn't been on the press yet that I haven't seen there's a whole story before on how we end up with, uh, you know, Phoenix Rising. I tried to acquire the previous team, which was called Phoenix Wolves, and didn't end up happening um, for, uh, you know, a long list of reasons. Uh, I stopped the due diligence process and decided not to pursue. And then Arizona United was, uh, you know, looking for a, a partner at that point, the main owner. And a lot of folks in Phoenix were saying, "Hey, you, you need to talk to Barke. He's the you know football guy, and he's very passionate, and you know he he's, he has connections in the sport. You should talk to him." And I talked to him, and this gentleman was talking to Brett and myself at the same time uh, for multiple months. So Brett beat me to it with uh, with a better offer, um, etc. When I mean that was a. I thought we were closing on that transaction. And all of a sudden, I literally read on the news that Brett Johnson was the new partner of Arizona United. I said, okay, great, congratulations. And um, so obviously there was, uh, you know, I'm saying that joking that I was disappointed, right? I felt like, you know, I was kind of used in a process to, you know, produce something better. But then Brett, you know, immediately after a few weeks later, et cetera, Brett heard about me too, and people saying you really need to talk to him. You know, like he's on the ground and he's in Phoenix, etc. And Brett started reaching out to me. I would not return his phone calls. Um, (laughs) I would not return his phone calls until um, Mark Detmer, who's a good friend of mine, had a chance to meet with Brett in in Los Angeles and said, "You should really talk to this guy. He's a nice guy." You know, and just because like the process played out that way, he wasn't even aware of your you know, involvement on the other side. So I said, that's fine. You know, so I said, have him come to Phoenix and let's meet. So he came, comes to Phoenix, Mark, myself and Brett met. And, um, I think before even I opened my mouth, Brett said there's a pathway for you to get involved and this other gentleman not be involved. That's, you know, uh, kind of played it that way. I said, okay. Um, Because, you know, for me, the principles are very important. I wouldn't work with somebody that, you know, kind of put me through a process. And I read it on the press release that, you know, the decision was going in a different direction. But, you know, I saw Brad and I said that this is a really nice, genuine person, uh, you know, loves the sport, humble, wants the success. So I said, I'll get involved. Absolutely. And and I brought in a a group together, um, including some of our board members right now. Uh, you know, that still uh, are with us at Rising. And that's the rest is history. So that's how we met. I mean, I knew Mark long before I knew knew Brett, but we became very close friends um, and we have undertaken a lot of businesses together, uh, including Rising, but, uh, you know, many, many other things, many other projects. And I probably talk to Brett no less than five times a day with no exaggeration. So that's, uh, you know, his, he he already has a twin brother. I don't know if he told you guys, but I, I feel like I'm part of the Johnson family. <laughs> what,
2: what makes you such a dream team, Burke? You clearly have become good good friends as well as you know um, business partners as as well. Is it was it football that kind of um, bonded you to together? Um, do you what what ideals do you all share? What makes it work as a, as a trio?
1: Yes, uh, cer- certainly. Uh, I would say. Um, you know, it's all started with friendship and mutual respect uh, for each other and just getting along and having good time. Just think of how you feel with your friends. Like those are were the initial feelings. And then when you establish that, it becomes even easier to, you know, if you have differences of opinion, you're less concerned about breaking somebody's feelings, but you can be open and candid with people, right? So that you're close to, that you can say, no, I don't think that's how we should do it and X, Y, and Z. And you can have an open conversation without being worried about hurting each other's feelings in a respectful manner. And you can come to a, you know, a, a mutually agreeable conclusion. So we have that friendship. We have that mutual respect. I think we think highly of each other as a human being and that's where it all starts. And, 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 you know, I think we, the, the common thing that we have is we have the passion uh, for the sport. I mean, I, I told you guys, like for me, <clears throat> growing up in an environment that this is the only sport. I mean, that's what people care, talk about. And it's not even the match. It's like the seven hours after the oldest sport programs in 20 channels. And I remember being a middle school kid going to school, um, you know, and if he, if he, if he lost uh, to Fenerbahce or Beşiktaş on an Istanbul Derby, I mean, I would not want to go to school. I wouldn't want to face. So when you live that as a kid and you don't care about anything else – When you go to school as a middle school kid and you turn around and you go to a Stadium 7 in the morning to wake for a 2 p.m. kickoff with Roma on the UFO Cup or whatever, when you have that in your blood since you're 11, 12, you go to away games with people 20 years older than you as a kid, I mean, you you have the passion. And I think I'm – maybe I like to think I'm the cheerleader of the the, the, the fan (laughs) experience. Uh, but I, 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 I always think as a fan, and I'm, I'm, I'm the fan of the sport, and we, we share that common passion.
0: So, what's the vision for Ipswich Town? Then this is the new, the new vision for you. Where, where can this club go, and where, where can you take Ipswich Town Football Club? Do you think?
1: So, first and foremost, these are always easier said than done. I mean, I, let me, let me start with that. It's, you know, everybody starts gets into these things with the best of intentions, and. You know, put uh, appropriate resources behind, etc. Um, so, having said that, I already feel um, the responsibility, the pressure. Some of it coming from fans, some of it my own making. On the disconnect between the 142 two years history of the UFI Championship, of an unbeaten home record on European games, to winning FA Cup, to all the way to winning the league. I mean, how can you be a mid-table, you know, League One club? So the vision is, and again, but I say that with utmost humility. I'm not just saying it's automatic and we're going to press some buttons and it's going to happen. But what I will tell you is we will put the appropriate resources, including and starting with people, uh, starting with our CEO, with our manager, with our chairman of the board, with ourselves, people and resources And discipline. I think if you put those things in effect, and if you're respectful of each other's lanes, and you empower qualified people that have done these things before to get the job done, I mean, our manager has a history of, you know, multiple promotions and, and doing that in a way that winning the title, you know, not even through the playoffs, right? So, but does he have his own team right now? He doesn't. So we need to first and foremost, Give him the resources with our CEO obviously leading the effort on creating that formation. I mean, if that's four-two-three-one, what are the two-three players that you know needs to be in in, in, in that formation, right? Get it done. Get, get the resources. The first vision, the most important thing in my ha- head that is constantly bothering me is I I want to get out of League One and I like, let's get ourselves a Championship first. I feel like that that's going to be just a little bit of a breeding room. And then that's just a difficult place. So I know I, I'm li- listening to some podcasts or reading on the press. There's some fans talking about, well, in three years, we're going to be an EPI. I don't think that's a realistic goal. You keep, you, I don't know who has done taking a League One club to you know to, to, to Premier League in three years. And But is that part of the goal and the vision? 100%. But I will ask our fans to be a bit more patient on taking that next level because I just think that, the championship is an incredibly difficult place and it's just you, you got other qualified organizations that also feel like and or just for EPL clubs that just drop a bunch of parachute payments that can't wait to get out of there. So you need to be humble. I think you need to understand what you're dealing with, but you continue to increase the resources and and and, and just to get get to that goal. And, you know, and I have other dreams beyond that, that. Once we get to EPL, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Tell us
2: now. Come on, Burke. Tell us the big dreams.
1: No, you guys no. can really guess. We'll talk about those later. Yeah. I don't, you know, but you're,
2: you- but you're dreaming big. I know you probably don't want to sort of um, put that on the record at the moment. But you, you guys are dreaming big, right?
1: Yes, 100%. Yeah. I'm, I'm a dreamer. I mean, I'm a positive person. I'm an optimist. I like to dream big, you know? And again, you, you guys asked about DDA. I wouldn't, if I didn't dream big, I wouldn't have the guts to even talk to a person to bring him in a third division US club that plays to 100 people because, you know, you'll be worried about if this guy's like even going to hang up the phone on your face. Like, what are you talking about? Like, do you have you, did you realize that I won the Champions League a couple of years ago? Like, what, what do you want from me? You know, just go. So you have to have the vision, but also you need to have the humility. Okay, you can't just you can't just say that I'm we're the best. We're gonna do this. It's you have to be respectful to the process. It is much more difficult than what people think it is. But I'm 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 uncomfortable being a mid table league one club, and I will continue to be extremely uncomfortable as long as we're part of this league with utmost respect to the league. This 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 history doesn't doesn't jive. There's a massive disconnect. How how can you you know how, how can you reconcile an environment where, let's say, there's a a sixty-year-old um, person that has seen it, you know, I've seen the UFR championship as a as a twenty-year-old, and is bringing maybe a, a grandson or a twenty-year-old son. I don't know, depending on their, you know, and and, and then maybe the twenty-year-old son has seen nothing. You know, how how can you go from there? How do you how do you kind of close that? massive gap between generational gap between this club's success and heritage and where it is today. And as long as that gap exists, I'm just going to be extremely uncomfortable. I I am uncomfortable.
0: I think we can maybe push our chat for maybe, maybe 10 more minutes. So we're going to try and get a few more, a few more topics in there. Obviously getting out of league one is going to come after a a really big summer for this football club. So many players out of contract, so many are going to leave, but, um, so many are going to have to come in, aren't they? You're going to you're going to back the manager, Paul Cook, in the transfer market this summer, aren't 100%.
1: you? One hundred percent. Paul needs to have an opportunity to have his own team, and you know, and my, I, I look forward to working with our CEO and with Paul to you know to to get get to give the resources to get that done. One yeah, hundred.
0: Obviously, you know what football fans are like. They they want to know if big if it's going to be big fees, big wages. What what can you tell? What can you tell fans? You're a football fan yourself. What can you tell fans this summer about what to expect from, from your club in this transfer market now?
1: So what I can tell you is that spending the most money doesn't mean automatic success. I mean, I, you can just, you know, look at our history here in you know, last 10, 12 years, et cetera. But what I will tell you is I can give this straight message. Rest assured that all the resources will be provided uh, to get this club out of where it is today. And, and But that will be done in a smart business way. That's why you know, Mark Ashton is leading this club as a CEO. And I have utmost respect for him. Um, and I think we're going to be able to get get it done on whatever the resources that are needed in a smart, intelligent, not wasteful manner that it could be both good business and it could be both success. And I'm happy to with the rest of um, our ownership and our management team to take on that accountability on what that formula looks like. But again, you got to also live it in the realities of, you know, salary caps and fair play. I mean, it's just not even, you know, you can't just even go out there and do anything that you want to do. So you got to keep those in mind as well. But look, we have all the resources to, to, to get out of this league right now and, you know, next year. And, um, let me put it this way. I, I just speak for myself. I'm, I'm, this is not binding anybody else you can individually ask. If we didn't get out of League One next year, it will be a disappointment for me without a question. Like that. I, I, don't, I don't know how else to say that.
2: Sorry, Burke. I was going to say the, the money behind this is obviously coming from the, the pension scheme in Arizona. It's, it's, it's sizable money, isn't it? You've got yourself some some good
1: financial backing behind this. That's correct. But again, uh, you know, what I will caution is just because we have a great backing and great resources doesn't mean we're going to be wasteful and doesn't mean we're going to do things that are irrational, if you will. So it's very good to be in a place to have all the resources to not on this league, not just on the championship, but also in EPL and and, then beyond. We have all of those resources at appropriate times. And I think the fans can rest assured but they should also have realistic expectations that just because you have resources that you're not going to all of a sudden go out and flush money and do things that, that doesn't make sense. Like, and, and by the way, we, you know, we got to that level even uh, at, at Phoenix. If you look at, you know, our finances, um, I can share a little bit with you that um, we we are not only successful on the field, but also if you look at our uh, kind of the way we run the club, uh, we have one of the highest sponsorship revenues. We have one of the highest game day revenues, if not the highest, you know, we have one of the highest Jersey sales. So we have done in our own league here in the United States, a, a good job on running a profitable business in that sense, like making sure that we have resources to be able to put a team together that can compete. So again, uh, Mark Ashton is, is, is critical as CEO of this club, also with our support and help to be able to make sure that we are a viable organization that really um, is um, maximizing its uh, commercial opportunities. Because if you're not, you're just leaving money on the table and those resources could be used for the club.
0: Just before, we, just before we finish up, we've probably got a few minutes left. I know you've got other commitments, but you must be really excited to get over to a game at, at Portman Road. But when you do come, you, you'll, you'll see a stadium that maybe needs just a little bit of love, a little bit of, uh, little bit of something to restore it to the glory that it, it can have. Is that something that you guys could, could potentially look at?
1: Yes, 100%. I mean, again, I think our immediate first focus right now is on the pitch performance. And the way we can impact that is come June, the summer transfer window. So I think you're going to see us spending a lot of time, energy and effort on how to solve that piece that is so important. But at the same time, I think if, if you look at our history, I, I mean, what other football club do you know that builds a stadium and three years later, you know, builds another one? And I'm not saying we're going to build another one by any means, but it just shows you the mentality of constantly trying to improve fan experience, whether it's a bigger stadium whether it's more, you know, food options, restrooms, whatever, in our own case, like just con- team shops, et cetera, we're constantly investing and, and trying to make it better for, mm-hmm. for our fans. So we have done that in, in the United States and we'll, uh, we'll certainly – I can't wait to get there and see it in person on what it needs and, and you know, what it, what, what it is that uh, we need to do and also, uh, you know, look at that in different stages – but I want to emphasize that the, the first priority is um, just on, on the field performance.
0: Yeah, you, you mentioned like commercial opportunities there. Could things like naming rights for the stadium, big screens, sponsorships, those kind of things come into play? Do you think?
1: I wouldn't touch the Port Road name, you know. But you know, obviously, it's uh, that means a lot to you know a lot of a lot of people. I'm very respectful of of that. Again, just growing up in turkey if somebody came and changed it, my name of my stadium uh, i'm not sure what my reaction will be so let's not go there for now but absolutely on, on the other sponsorship that stadium naming rights isn't the only thing that you know there there are sponsorship opportunities so again i, I look forward to working with our uh, ceo on, on maximizing our commercial opportunities 100
0: i think that's going to be music to which town is isn't it steve
2: I think so. Yeah, I think a lot of what you've said is is going to really resonate with people and they're going to feel that um you know, they've heard from Brett, now they've heard from yourself. Your your passion for football really shines through speaking to you and I think that will that will
1: really reassure people. Uh, <laughs> you, a- don't wanna, you don't want to you don't want to see me in person. I, I I'm yeah. I'm I'm more of a fan than a, a board member if you will. So I I need to restrain myself. I can't even watch football games. Um you know, I I can't even look at it sometimes. I'm that's kind of the blood that goes in in me i'm a i'm a big fan
2: well i think galatasaray fans are known as the uh, the most passionate around so i think if you if you've been watching them from the from the sidelines then uh, you know you know football fans per case so um
1: yeah and Stuart, the first 18 years i i was one of those guys and even though i had access to all kinds of other boxes, etc. I was right in the middle with fans and a few flares. You get yeah, few flares oh yeah, out? yeah. Well, I think my life was in danger multiple times as a little kid, <laughs> like literally. So, but anyway, we, it, was a, it was an incredible, incredible. I mean, I still have like dreams about that stuff. You, ju- you don't forget that as a fan, you know, it gets like ingrained in you and it kind of stays with you all your life. And all I can hope for is like my kids uh, can have the similar exposure and opportunities to what i experienced and uh and portman road with thirty thousand fans it looks incredible i can't wait wait to to get there and you know feel that energy in person
0: becky i think ipswich town fans are going to love you and you're going to love being an ipswich town fan so thank you so much for joining us we'll have to get you on again sometime and uh, hopefully even in person in, in the not too distant future but um thank you for your time we can't wait to have you over
1: and Stuart, thank you for your time. Really enjoy, um, you know, reading your work. And a message to Ipswich Town fans is, it, it's been an incredibly welcoming, you know, environment. It's been, I mean, the amount of positive messages that uh, I have received is so uplifting. You know, it's, uh, again, it, for me, it's just a little bit of a pressure builder because I never want to let anybody down and I, I know what it means. All I can promise is, on my own ability, I will give one hundred percent. So, as all my partners and everybody that is involved in this organization, that's the only thing I can promise. It won't be for lack of trying.
2: It's been an absolute pleasure, Burke. We'll let you go and do a few more uh, interviews that you got coming up. But um, yeah, been an absolute pleasure speaking to you, and um, hopefully we'll we'll see you in person in August if, if that's the plan. First game of the season is, is that what you're aiming for?
1: Yeah, I won't miss that. I mean, barring any travel, you know, hopefully we don't have to go backwards, but, you know, barring it some other normal world that I can physically come there, you, you can count on it.
0: Can't wait. Thanks, Berkay. Thanks, guys. All the best. Take care. I know.
1: to football, Brexit to coastal. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.